Have you been looking for your keys to success? You have found the best place to start. We will hear from professionals on different keys to success in building huge careers in and outside the mortgage industry. These conversations that each person will share their experience will allow you to hear nuggets on finding your keys to success. I'm your host, Sue Meitner, so let's get started and grab your keys. Welcome to Grab Your Keys. Super excited to have everyone with us today, and I just wanted to remind everyone as we are sharing these keys to success, we really want you to share like and review what you thought of our podcast because if we keep it a secret we can't be sharing all those keys to success with everyone i am super excited to have um michelle herrera with me today michelle is a great friend of mine a peer in the mortgage industry with me and i just wanted to say michelle thank you so much for joining us you are joining us from sunny california (laughs) right I am. I am, Sue. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Well, um, you have so much to share and you have I've learned so much from you over the years of um, talking to you and learning your techniques and your processes. And why don't you tell everybody how you got into this mortgage business? <laughs> OK, well, I got into this mortgage business July of 1988 the same month that I got married. My sister, um, I had worked at a local bank in town and my sister and I worked together at a bank. And then she left the bank to go work for a mortgage broker in town. And she's six years older than me. And she was there probably about six months. And she's like, Michelle, you need to come work for this company. You'd be really good at it. You'd be a great processor. And that's kind of how it all started. So you really started on the inside as a processor. How did you transition from being a processor to a loan officer? And where, how many years of experience did you have when that happened? That's a really good question. So remember, I got married and started right. a career at the same. Well, to me, it was more of a job. I didn't right. think it was going to be my career. And so I would say my I started the job in 1988, got married. and. I was a processor slash alloway, the whole works, because in the mortgage world, it's different, for 26 years. So I did it for a a top producer at the company that I was working with while I raised my children. And to me, that was my number one job. Right. So it gave me the flexibility. How many children do you have? I have three. (laughs) Yeah. So it gave me the flexibility to be a mom, to, you know, be engaged with their school and just to kind of get the work done. And in so there would be times where I would leave the office to go take them on a field trip or their sports game, go home, make dinner and come back to work and work till midnight. Because as long as you got the work done, it was you had freedom to do whatever you needed to do. So I did that for about 26 years. And then once my kids went off to college, it was like, okay, now what do I want to do in my career? So that was um, the next step. and. And that's when I took the leap of becoming a loan officer, which is an, in fact, a leap and it is a leap of faith. And it's way more difficult than someone as tenured as you makes it look like. So um, when you first started to decide to be an originator on your own, what do you think allowed you to have success? 
You know, I, when I was a, you know, for 26 years when I was a processor, I really cultivated relationships and relationships within the industry with title reps, with lender reps, with realtors. And I just had a great sphere of people in the industry. And I think they helped advise me and they shared, I guess, their knowledge and expertise with me and just kind of helped motivate me on what it was going to take to be a loan officer. And so I mm -hmm. guess I surrounded myself around great people. Yeah, that's so that is super important. What do you th think or what do you believe your three keys to success are? So once I decided, I know, there's like a hundred. Once I decided to take this leap, I think I immediately shifted into the growth mindset. I started working on myself. I started going to different events, anything that was going to help me be the true version of who I am. Because I really didn't know, right? Because you just, you were the worker bee, you were the mom, you were on schedule, but you never really had, you didn't do anything on purpose. So I think by me working on, I started working out every day. I started making sure that I was listening to great podcasts or following inspirational people. I went to a Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within that was just magical for me at that time. I started going to conferences within the mortgage industry. I started meeting tons of amazing people. And, um, and then I really honed in on my structure and my morning routine and my mindset. And you feel that that is one of it was is that all is that one of the keys to success? That's just one of the keys on to you. Mm -hmm. So working on you in every way, and mm -hmm. just so that our viewers know, we're going to be taking um, questions. So you can put as many questions in the in the comments, and I'll be putting them in sporadically through our chat with Michelle because she's a wealth of information. Mm -hmm. um, so working with on you was mm -hmm. your is your one of your number one yeah. one of the three keys in and every it, way and I love all way. the things I know you mm -hmm. love your morning routine and that's super in, important to you. Yes. Um, what would you say number two is? Number two was I really reached out to spheres of influence in my life and I met with them one on one and I took advice from them on what they thought I would need to be in this position. Um, some people, you know, they gave me great advice and some of them helped support me and they were very influential people in town. Um, there's this one particular gentleman who's huge in town and he really introduced me to the right people. He offered to help me advertise, um, within my company and I'm just forever grateful for the opportunities, the network of people that he knew that he introduced me to was very, very beneficial. So who you know, the network that you're within, um, why don't you tell everybody where in California you are? Because you're in like this little cute community <laughs> yeah. onto itself. I'm in Santa Barbara, California, born and raised. Um, and so I'm a relationship junkie. I just love people and I will do anything for them. And in return, they do it for me. And so I just love supporting them. They support me. There was people who told me, you know, you to go to Toastmasters, to en enter um, Rotary, to go to Kiwanis, like to join all these. And I did everything. I really worked in putting, making myself uncomfortable to get out there, to do the networking events. And I enjoyed them. Right. I enjoyed going, doing all that stuff. So um, that was a big part of it. And I basically told my husband that I'm 
going to be out and about and just meeting people and seeing who I can help and who I can inspire. So those were the two key things. Um, and then I would say the third key thing was just really finding a company that I can work with who supported me and having a team around me that would, was going to help me grow. Right. And even though you had that, you just went through a merger, which yes. a lot of things in the marketplace are changing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, I remember I was with you that week yeah. and that was all happening. And you were like, I love my company. I'm sticking with my company. Mm -hmm. I believe in them. I don't think that they would make the wrong decision for everyone. And it's turned out great for you. Yeah. And, and that's just part of our industry. I feel like there's always something that we have to pivot. And, you know, doing this for 30 years, there's, it's just never smooth sailing. There's just always something that you're going to have to, you know, come up with uh, that's going to change. And you have to be able to pivot and look on the brighter side and just hope that this is something that's going to, you know, that there'll be sunshine at the end. Right. Well, there's always sunshine where you are, for sure. Um, Chelsea asked, how did you set the boundaries with the realtors without being um, out of the office doing things, when you're out of the office doing things, like with your children? Like, how did you set those boundaries, you know, uh, with your realtors? Or did you even have any boundaries? How did you, how did you I didn't, juggle I didn't, that? So when I was a processor, I didn't, I didn't have any children. So now that I'm an empty nester, my realtors, um, I feel like I, it's pretty much I'm available for them. So yeah. I'm fortunate enough to have, you know, to be an empty nester. My husband supports me in my career. And I use that as a, a key factor, you know, for my realtors to know that I'm here to help the buyers on their time, even if it's after hours, after work, because they're working during the day and on weekends. So I love what I do and I'm here to support them and be available for them because it's the only way that a team work work, you know, how we can work together as a team. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I was originating through having children and now I am an empty, empty nester, but um, I said, I just said to the, I said to the realtor sometimes like I'm on a soccer field. As soon as I get off the yeah. soccer field, I can help you. You know, they did realize that I had little ones and I might be at a soccer field on a Saturday. And uh, but when I left work at three o'clock to go to a basketball game because it was a little light, I had to know that I was going to, you know, have to work, you know, on the weekends and at nights. And when you really love what you do, it's not a problem. Mm -hmm. I always felt that I could, I, I always felt answering the phone was easier than, uh, having to listen to the message and then call somebody back. That was always where they got lost in my system. And we have to admit with technology today, it's really easy to be accessible for them and to shoot them a text message or just saying, I'll call, like you said, I'll call you after the game. They just want communication. You know, when we first started, people had pagers. Right. And people had landlines. That. Yeah. So technology has really helped us become a better service to our clients and to our realtors. And it, it really has. Yeah, it, it, we, we mean, I can't even tell you how far back fax machines, typewriters, the whole works is where we've, we've evolved into this new. Um, I always tell technology. people, I remember the day when we were like, 
pulling off good faith estimates, which yes. aren't even called good faith estimates yeah. anymore, the LE. And you were like, here's your white, I'm going to keep the white piece. Here's your pink piece. Here's your yellow piece. Our Getty fax machines that roll off the paper that come, <laughs> the rate sheets that come through every day because, you know, pull a rate sheet, whatever. Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to point out too is, you know, my father was a real estate agent. And so the reason why I am available to my clients is, and to the realtors is because I know how hard it is for them, not how hard, how much, how important it is for them to know that their escrow is, is going Safe. smoothly. Because whenever my father would come home and he had an escrow and it was going great, all of us six kids were happy when something fell out. It was tough. So I'm there to support them to make sure that that doesn't happen because, you know, it's, they're supporting a family just like we are. So it's very close to home for me for that the is. realtors. And it's nice that you understand and know that side of the realtor side, because not all of us are, are able to see that. Yeah. Uh, Samantha asked, do you have a podcast you love um, for someone who is newer in the industry? Well, besides grab your keys. Well, I was going to say Sue Meitner, <laughs> grab your keys. I was listening. I mean, I've listened to all of them. I think they all have great nuggets and I think you're doing a great job. Oh, I did meet God. with one of my buyers um, a couple of weeks ago somebody that I built a relationship with and she wanted to get into the industry and I took her out to lunch and I told her to start listening to your podcast well, and nice. to, to get nuggets on it. And just, there's just so much out there that you just kind of have to find who you resonate with and listen to it and really feed your mind with good stuff. Yeah. One of the reasons that I decided to do this podcast was I didn't think that um, there's podcasts out there, but I just felt that um, I, what, none of them really resonated with me. And I wanted to really share mm -hmm. how many fantastic leaders and other mortgage people in the mortgage industry that I get to communicate with all the time and share that with everybody I, as I get choked up a little bit. So, so Remy asked, with California being one of the most competitive markets right now, what's the number one thing that made you stand out to referral partners? Besides your sunshine <laughs> outlook on everything. You know, I think it's the way that I connect with the buyers. Um, you know, I do most of the communication with the buyers. My team doesn't. And um, when they'll do some of the stuff, but mostly it's me. And um, I feel like having a real estate mental background with my father being a realtor and having bought and sold homes, being in Santa Barbara, I really have um, a lot of stories to share with buyers to really give them the confidence, inspiration to move forward in a transaction or be inspired and connect with them. And I think the realtors find that very valuable um, for the people who I work with. And I love when people share experience share. It's so important for those buyers to, especially first time home buyers, to know that you went through this too and that you empathize with them and you understand that, you, you know, $50 is, you know, a pizza and a six pack of beer for them, yes. you know, in their 20s. And that is important to them, the difference of that $60 mm -hmm. if interest rates go up or if they buy a house $10,000 higher. Uh, that does make a big difference, especially in the marketplace that you are. You're not talking about $10,000. You're talking yeah. about hundreds of thousands of dollars. And the feedback that I get from my buyers, I mean, I got, you know, there's just so much, how would I say, um, 
there's other competitors out there who have a different style. And you and I think the realtors have to really know their buyers and really it's like almost a dating game. You have to match mm-hmm. them with the right with the right loan officer who's really going to feed into them the right way or speak the right. And, and as a loan officer, you're asking them all those difficult mm-hmm. questions. So as a loan officer, you need to be able pretty much right off the bat to understand how you're going to be dealing with them. Are you sending them a link to your website or yes. are you, you know, are you going to take them a th- hand, handhold them through the process? And uh, we, we have to make that quick decision mm-hmm. sometimes. So, um, One of our uh, viewers say, I struggle with creating the right morning routine for me. Do you have any recommendations? Oh, you're such a perfect person. (laughs) Go to bed early and wake up early. You know, my husband's been a morning person our whole married life. And I just started this like maybe seven, 10 years ago. Um, But I wake up at in the five five o'clock hour, depending when my workout is. Like, for instance, today I woke up at 5 and I went to work out at 5.30. Um, but my morning, so my, I guess, how do I say it? Um, I value my morning routine. Like, it's super. It's a special. treasure. It's a treasure. Because it's the only time, especially in this industry, that nobody needs me. Like, I don't need to check my emails because nobody's emailing me. I don't need to do anything but just have my time. So I usually... Wake up early. I do my um, journal. I, I read. I read a chapter, a couple of chapters in a book. I do a five minute um, journal, gratitude journal, and I read in my Jesus calling, like a scripture in my book. And then I go off to the gym and I work out. So, and I have my coffee. I sit in my living room and it's just like me time. Yes. And then that's the number one key. So you've always held true to yourself in keeping those keys so that you can maintain that time yes. so that you're good for everyone and good for yes. you, which is yeah, so I mean, by time by the time I get to the office at nine, it's like I've already accomplished so much thing and I'm just grounded and I'm ready to to go. Absolutely. So um we have somebody else that said I struggle, and I think these are so great. So I'm like, just answering all these is fabulous because this is what everyone needs to know. And I think that sharing is so important. So someone said that she's struggling with keeping a routine for herself. She has two daughters um, that um, it's easy to, you know, get out uh, for myself. I have two daughters and keeping them on routine is easy, but I struggled to keep one for myself. Do you have any recommendations on how you, how to keep a routine? Sorry, I got tongue tied on that. Set an, set an alarm. Oh, I set my alarm all the time. Do you do that too? My alarm says it's time to go to bed or it's time to wind down. So I usually go, yeah, set your alarms. I usually go to bed between 9 and 9.30. But when I wake up early, I'm usually tired by 8.30. So I'll, mm-hmm. my husband and I will sit on the couch or watch, we'll do whatever, watch TV or just relax. And then we'll get up and go to bed. So, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's really important to get a solid sleep. Right. I even find that I, my body, cause you know, I'm a night owl, mm-hmm. my body fights myself. And I did start, I uh, got an app and I can't remember what it is. And it put, it actually says, it starts to sing twinkle, twinkle, little star. Yeah. yeah. And you have to turn it off. And, you know, <laughs> after you've heard it a couple of times, you're like, I, you're right. I have to go to bed. Twinkle, yeah. twinkle, little star. And the other thing too, is by me waking up in the morning early, Sue, I get a lot of, um, thoughts that come through my mind that I always write down and they're like perfect 
you know, some people say shower thoughts, I have morning thoughts and, and they really make a difference in, mm -hmm. in your day. And if, if you don't wake up early enough, you won't capture those because you're clearing your mind. So mm -hmm. I hope that answers um, those questions. Um, do you have a nighttime routine or, oh, well, you just said, or do you, the other one, somebody else asked, do you have a nighttime routine? Do you think it's just as important as a morning routine? Yes. 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 Well, do you, my, do you time block during the day? So you have a morning routine and you have an evening routine. Share with us what the evening routine is, but then do you time block during the day to keep that routine going? No, I don't time block during the day. Okay. So my evening routine is basically once I get home from work, it's my husband and I, it's our time. And we have dinner, we talk, we, you know, it's just our time to be at home. And then it's just, I'm home for the day. Now, if I'm doing something for work, like an engagement or a social event or going out with friends, that's different. But I still try to be home between 9 and 9.30. So um, with the market changing, you were, I, I know that you were a little slower than you like to be. Mm -hmm. How, and I, I was really excited. You did a hundred, you challenged yourself to a hundred calls. Oh, yeah. Could you talk a little bit about how that jump started your business and how you, like, how did you feel with the change of the market? How did you have to energize yourself? And then, and then how did it work out? So, you know, the change of the market, I mean, I'm, I love people. I can talk to, I love, I just love people. You do. So when I was challenged to do a hundred calls, um, market was changing and I just needed some uh, fuel, right? Some more fuel for my soul. So I just started calling. I, and one day I called a hundred people and I wrote down everybody's names, the conversations we had, who, um, who I had to leave a message for, who called me back. And the conversations were just checking in. It wasn't asking for anything. It was just, how are you doing? How's the family? I'm here. And people were really receptive. And I talked, you know, sometimes they were like seven, 10 minute phone calls. They weren't quick. And I wasn't in a hurry to get through any of them. I just wanted to engage. I wanted to let them know that I care, that I'm here. And at the end of the call, I my heart was full. I mean, just to know that... I had some really healthy conversations and with COVID and everything, the conversations and meeting people, it really wasn't happening. Right. Um, and, you know, and, I, and top it off during COVID, you know, I had my own health issues. So I needed to be out there engaging with people again, and it really fuels my soul. So I had fun. It took me a long time to go to sleep that night because I was just so energized and energized. Yeah. And I, I, when you told me that, I just was like, wow, a hundred calls in a day that, and you were like, I was, you know, not going to not do the hundred calls. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and during the call, my daughter was texting me, wanting to call me. I'm like, sorry, sorry. Like I wasn't taking any calls. I was like on a mission. And then I called her at the end. I said, honey, I was on my hundred calls. I just couldn't take your call. She's like, oh, that's okay, mom. <laughs> Have you done it again since? No, I haven't done it since. So, but you did love it. Yeah, That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, with the gratitude journal, um, that's mm -hmm. a great idea. Do you have any recommendations on a specific one you use or just yeah. it's a blank journal? How to, how is that? How do you work with that? You know, I found a journal. So I work out in the morning at a gym and the people at the gym are just super inspiring to me. I love all of them. And one of the questions was, what's your morning routine? And my really good friend, Melissa said, um, she had a gratitude journal 
And I looked at her right away and I said, what gratitude journal do you have? I want it. And she's Bob, she recommended the five minute journal. And I love the five minute journal because it's super nice. It's like linen, it's hardback. The paper is really nice. And I probably have, I don't know, I've had a collection of them now. I mean, I, I just ordered one because I just ran out of my last journal. Mm -hmm. And I look back at it and it's, I tell my kid that someday they're going to be able to read like what was on my mind at that point in time. Um, yeah, so it's almost going to be like a history, just something for them to have. And, and, you know, we, we, we say that and we mean it, but I received all of my grandmother's like journals yeah. and it's awesome to go back and have her handwriting mm -hmm. and to see, you know, even if she's like, I had a cappuccino today, you know, or I went to yeah. play bridge or I played golf. Like she because it is something that people did at, on at another time when we put pen to paper. So it is um, it is great to be reflective and that will be a treasure. Yeah, that will the, be a treasure. And the five minute journal is super easy. It's, you know, three things you're grateful for, three things that will make your day great and three I ams. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, you can go back and you can say what worked out and what didn't. But it's amazing. Sometimes I put in my journal and it just happens. And you can ask my team about this. I'll be like that so-and-so's offer gets accepted today, right? And then we go and that gets accepted. I'm like, oh my God, it was in my journal. That's what was going to make my day. So That's it, amazing. it's just putting it out to the universe and then going back. And, you know, when it happens, it's just really rewarding for me. It's so rewarding and special. Yeah. Well, who do you admire? That's a really tough question. And I'm sure it's tough for everybody. Um, I would have to say there's a lot of people I admire, but I'm going to explain it this way. I admire the people who are of growth mindset. Mm -hmm. Because there's always something to learn at any age, at any part of your life. And if you're willing to keep pushing yourself, keep dreaming, and keep reaching for the stars, it just kind of makes the world a better place. And not kind of, it really makes the world a better place. And yeah, never I, stop it learning. never stops. And I never stop learning. And I tell that to my nephews and nieces. I try to inspire them, you know, at whatever age that you're at, just keep pushing yourself to be the best that you can be, the best version of yourself, you know, physically, spiritually, intellectually, emotionally, every day because time is precious and you have to make the best of it. So I am totally, I admire those people who are on that same, same path. And I love our MME group. I feel like we're all on the same path of growth mindset of always helping each other and inspiring. Each right. Other. So I think that's and, who I admire. And just for our viewers, when you say MME, it's the mortgage, yeah. mas uh, mortgage mastermind elite, Cindy Ertman, charges us along and she's actually one of the people who brought a lot of people who are on the yeah. podcast together because the connections that were made are so deep yeah. and so fantastic i thank in my gratitude journal i thank every day that i have the the tribe that i have um and you're definitely one of the people yeah. in it if you were another profession besides the great rock star mortgage person that you are <laughs> What would that be? 
I think I'd want to be either a mentor or a personal coach or something to young teens. Mm -hmm. They have a really soft spot in my heart um, from that middle age, like from junior high through high school. Um, For me, I was kind of a, those weren't such great years in my life just because I was, for whatever reason, they could have been better. And I felt like if I had a better mentor, it would have made my life a little bit different. And I know that whenever I get an ear of somebody close to me who's in that age group, I just feed into them. You can do anything, keep pushing, go to school, get an education, sky's the limit, whatever you do in life, do something you love, be passionate about it. You know, when we were growing up, we just decided that my, my father just told us to work hard and to work. I never knew that you can work and enjoy and be passionate about your job. And to me, that's just been a huge, huge blessing right. to me. I I couldn't see myself doing anything in this industry, but if it was something that I did, it would be to help others. Right. Well, you definitely show a passion and a love for what yeah. you do every single day. And the people in California are lucky to have you with all your relationships and all of your knowledge. And I'm lucky to have you be part of my team of trusted advisors. So thank you so much for being on Grab Your Keys. And just remember, everybody, um, we're going to have another great podcast. If you have to share, if you can share, that's amazing. Review us, like us. And um, Michelle, thank you so much. And remember, everybody, grab your keys.